Good morning. Y'all be quiet. <laughs> Glad to see y'all here this morning on this beautiful day, this beautiful Mother's Day. Uh, to all the mothers that are here, happy Mother's Day. Glad y'all are here. Um, we're thankful for y'all more than, more than probably most of your kids or your spouse could ever, ever say. Um, before we get started, I just need to share a few things. Um, I have a list of 11 things, not 10, because they were just so good. I just had to throw that one more extra one in there. Of uh, mothers, or stuff that mothers never say. I'm so bored, I wish I had something to do. Thanks for letting me sleep in, kids. If you make a mess in the kitchen, let me know so I can clean it up. I never have to repeat myself. They always do exactly what I say when I say it. It's pretty cold, but you don't need a coat. Don't make your bed, you're just going to sleep in it again later. I think I'll skip the coffee today. These throw pillows look way better on the floor. You haven't showered in three days, but I think you smell great. Can you come get in bed with me around 2 a.m.? I'd love that. <laughs> Last one. I'm going to hop in the shower real quick. Does somebody want to come use the bathroom while I'm in there? <laughs> oh, announcements this morning. Um, if you're a visitor here today, if you'd like to fill out a Connect card, it should be in the front of your pew. Just fill that out and you can leave it in your, in your seat as you leave or you can uh, put it in the, the back box. We have an offering box back there. Um, and speaking of offering, um, we have the offering box in the back for the members here and then the guests we don't expect you to give today. We're just glad you're here. Um, this Wednesday we have children and youth activities and adults in the fellowship hall. Uh, with Ray Owens, he's going to share, continue sharing the journey through the Holy Land with the adults. Um, and then next Sunday, we're going to honor the graduates, and Ray Owens is going to be back here um, again speaking. Um, and then June 12th, there will be a children's uh, rummage sale. And if you have any items that you want to include in the rummage sale, you can just bring it in. And it says here... You can just bring it in and we'll handle where we're going to put it and set it out and everything. So uh, if you have any items or if you want to show up, you can do that too. Support the children's, children's ministry here. Um, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for everyone here today and I thank you for all the mothers especially today and, um, and every day, Lord. I know this is just a special day to honor them that we set back during the year, but... Um, we're thankful for them each, each and every day. We love you, Lord, and uh, pray for this worship today. Amen. Janelle McBride wrote, A mother comes with all different names, aunts who love worry and play, teachers who help you, guide you, and set your aim, sisters who listen, cry, and put your worries at bay. Grandmas with warm cookies, hugs, and prayers so you'll never stray. Yes, a mother does come with all kinds of names. Thank you to all women for being a mother to someone's child, but most importantly, to his child. And this morning after service, we'll have a special uh, little memento for all our ladies out back. It's a rose, and we'd ask you if you would take one as you leave today. If you're able, let's stand and sing our first song as we continue to worship. Great is thy faithfulness. Thank you. 
great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see all i have need thy hand hath provided great is thy faithfulness lord Your goodness of running after the 
running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. If my life lay down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I have taken I will sing of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I will sing Amen. Children, you may go to Children's Church. Before I introduce um, Brother Ray here this morning, which most of you know him, but if you don't, Brother Ray Owens is uh, going to be speaking today. Um, I'd like to uh, draw our attention to our, our prayer list, um, and that's just a handful of them. There are several more that are not listed, um, unspokens and, and others. Um, just a few, Buddy Stevenson, that's Adam and James's dad, um, Ken McConnell, Terry Usherlin, which she's here. Um, glad to see her. Uh, missionaries, country and leaders, obviously, that's, that's a big one. Um, if you do have any pr prayer requests for the bulletin, you can call the church office. Um, the number's in the, on this paper, and then I'm sure you can find it online anywhere else. Um, and then for a texted, like a prayer group request, I know some of us are in the, the Cypress Street text messages. You can request that. Contact Miss Karen Oldham. Um, her cell number is on there as well. Will you pray with me this morning? Dear Lord, I thank you for, <clears throat> again, for each one that's here. And I just uh, ask you to lift up everyone on the that's on our uh, prayer list, Lord, and also the unspokens. And uh, just be with them, Lord. Bring them hope, bring them peace, and bring them healing, Lord. Uh, pray for Brother Ray as he speaks today. And I just ask you to, to help his word that... Uh, that you've laid on his heart, Lord, just to speak to us and speak to him as well. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks, Lord. Good morning. First of all, just to make sure today, uh, if by chance you didn't get a bulletin, would you raise your hand? They're going to pass them out. Make sure you got one. I know some didn't. The others, Sister Pat, some of you, everybody got one. Marlon needs one. Anyway, you might want to fill it out today and be aware of it. Uh, anyway, or at least make me feel good that all this work was worth something, you know. <laughs> Put it down. 
I want to mention that as well. Thank you. I know some folks didn't get them when they came in, so I just want to make sure. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. I'm kind of excited. It's a mixed, uh, kind of a mixed day. Uh, actually, uh, Zanya and Carrie and I were talking about that, and, and a couple of you have been so kind to say this. It's my first ever Mother's Day in 65 plus years, and not having my mother. Um, we also buried my aunt, real close aunt, my dad's youngest sister, Glenda, uh, had the service over at First Baptist on uh, Friday. So there's been a lot of that going on, but I'm excited uh, today that I'm very, very blessed. I, my wife's so involved at North Crossings Church, so I had to get her to not do children's church. She's speaking on Wednesday nights, doing all that stuff, and I said, you got to get somebody to do it. And I'd love for you to be here today. So I'm blessed to have my wife, uh, Dana, uh, here today. So Dana, would you stand? Come on, stand. <laughs> Turn around, do your little. <laughs> Many of you that are obviously in leadership know Dana because of her connection uh, with Mercy Ministries, Mercy Multiplied, and uh, all that. Well, and then I'm triply blessed because uh, my daughter drove in from Nashville today, and uh, Dr. Brooke Kills, and Brooke has been an executive director at Mercy in their corporate headquarters in Nashville, and she's in the process of continuing to do work with Mercy, but also move to Dallas and start a new job. But I am just so proud of my daughter, Brooke, and what she's doing. In fact, I will say this, she's gonna die, but I think five people took her place at Mercy uh, when she left. That's literally, it was five, okay? And I didn't get that from her. I got that from some of the staff in the Monroe home. But Brooke, would you stand and say hi to them? I want everybody to see her as well. So this is a privilege. And then my, my one and only grandson was going to stay here. Papa, I want to hear you preach. But he heard the music, the kids left, and boom, he was gone. So I hope that works out. Uh, as well. Okay. Moms, I'm glad you're here. Most of you are smiling. Some of you don't look like you had a good day. Okay. I understand. Getting the kids ready. Uh, <laughs> and I don't mean just your children. Maybe your husband ready. You know what I mean? How many of you wives have another older child that's called your spouse? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, before we get started, I just want to uh, pray a prayer blessing. I know I think Sister Kathy said there's a gift at the end and things like that, but uh, uh, I want to say a prayer blessing and then uh, have a little announcement and then we'll, we'll get in the message. Would you bow with me? Father, today is a special day. We, can, we, we just dedicate it to our mothers. And Lord, there's really no other worthy cause as far as a person on this earth goes than our mothers. Oh, the power of a godly, wise mother. Generations. Lord, Proverbs is so true. More worthy than gold. Just beautiful. So God, I pray for every mother that's here today. Lord, regardless of how they feel worthy or struggles they might have in their past, that right now, Lord, there'd be no condemnation on any mother. But, Lord, today they would just accept your love, your blessing. And, Lord, may we be faithful in striving to let them know how much we love them. And, Lord, not just today, but every day. And I pray, Lord, that you would allow us to just lay off all these burdens and hear the message that you have from the Holy Spirit to, the, to each of our hearts today. But, God, I honor our mothers and every mother that's here today. And I pray your blessing on them, your protection, and may 2021 be the best year of their life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I was impressed Wednesday night with how many people were here. My goodness gracious, and we had fun, and we didn't get very far. We, we made it to Israel, but that was a 12-hour flight, and it was only a one-hour lesson. So... We were kind of, you know, I got that. Um, but we were going at warp too, so we got there quick, right? But anyway, it was really nice. Um, and we made about a third way through. And I think we're in 
ready to go to Capernaum uh, as we go around. So if you'd like to come uh, this Wednesday night, please do. I do have a new clicker. I've got a laser pointer, and I think we're going to do it on the big screen. We're going to try that in the uh, fellowship hall, and, and that'll be an opportunity. So uh, feel free to come. Maybe you'll see it, and I know at least two or three of you figured out our little trivia thing, and try not to give it to somebody else. We'll see if they can get it on their own, okay? And we'll, we'll do that. Today I share with you, as you see on the outline, Unshakable Courage. Reader's Digest has some cool stories in it. And, uh, and there was one a while back about a family that was camping together in Alaska. Dana and I were celebrating our 45th wedding anniversary. We hadn't made it quite as long as you guys, but you know, we're getting there. And uh, COVID hit. So you know, we done bought the trip. We're going to Alaska with uh, two other couples. And I actually was gonna get to had a deal where I was gonna uh, get on a sleigh, you know, dog sled, and you know, ride a helicopter up into the mountains, and just on my bucket list, check it off, you know, and have it done. Well, COVID hit, everything shut down, and can't go, and all that. So we'll see what happens. But this couple was in Alaska, and the mom had taken off with the kids to go downstream, and you know, just having a good time. It's middle summer, beautiful. Dad was back at the camp, of course, getting things ready. And as time come on, as she looked up, and here kind of came out a baby moose, and a baby moose, and he saw the two kids, the kids saw the moose, the little one, and guess what, kids love kids. You know, oh, boom, they start heading to each other. Now, God has given mother senses. How many of you know your mom has eyes in the back of her head? And she has telep, uh, tele, what, what, tele, right? telepathy, if I could speak it. Okay, you know what I mean? That's, there's no doubt about it. Well, mom knew that isn't good. Let me kind of speed up. And she kind of started, you know, running down there. Sure enough, where there's a baby, there's a mama. So suddenly she looked, and here comes a moose uh, charging toward the ki you know, kids. And I don't know if you've ever actually seen a moose, but if you have, they're ginormous. I mean, literally, I've seen several, and I'm, look, I can look under their belly. I mean, they're humongous. They're very uh, daunting, to, to needless to say. And so mom runs out there, like you would do, of course, I hope, if you're courageous, ran out there, jumped in front of the charging moose, you know, and just starts screaming and did the right thing. You're supposed to with a bear or anything, just make yourself look big, you know, and just screaming at it and all. And at the last minute, the, mom, the moose turned and went and got its little one, you know, said a few more, whatever, and get, get over <laughs> and ran off. And the kids were like, you know, terrified. And then of course, instantly excited. So they run back to dad and mom's, you know, coming back, having an adrenaline download, you know. You know how that goes, running back. And the kids run up to dad, and I wanna make sure I get this right. And they said, daddy, daddy, you won't believe what happened. Mommy scared off a big moose with just her face. <clears throat> Anyone know someone who could scare a big moose off with their face? Unfortunately, we all do. <laughs> On a serious note, that took courage, right? That took courage to take on a charging moose. And so I wanna ask you this morning as we get started, have you been at a place in your life with all the circumstances surrounding the situation that you have and you feel like really a moose is just charging you or nagging at you and, or maybe even you're right in the middle of it and all that happens. And it can come in a lot of ways. It can be a, a threat, you know, that happens in life something of safety, anxiety, fear, and I'm telling you, anxiety can be real. Fear can be real. A health uncertainty, and let me tell you, if you're 65 years old, you're gonna have health uncertainties. If you're 85 year old, you live by faith, not by sight or feel, okay? I'm just telling you, it's a reality. And then there's relationships. You know, struggles in, in, in most, most intimate relationships, marriages, children. Those of us that get on up, we raise them, we try to do right, and then, man, you know, there's some struggles there with our children. Like, did they learn anything, you know, kind of thing. 
and then little ones. There's jobs, several of you, new jobs and, and new careers and all this. And so the question is, you know, can we be courageous? Do we need courage today? And I think we need courage. And so how do we obtain unshakable courage? One that's gonna stand against anything, even a charging moose. I have a scripture I'd like to read for you. It's taken from the New Living Translation, Joshua 1, verses one through nine. Of course, verse nine, everybody probably knows. It's definitely one we, we tend to memorize and it is awesome. But I'll read the story of Joshua. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River to the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised to Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land that I have given you. From the Negev wilderness to the south, to the Lebanon mountains of the north, from the Euphrates River to the east, all the way to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Wow. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate it on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wow, powerful message one that we know and have heard many times. Well, let's talk about that. On your outline, I have, you know, how can you have unshakable courage? How can you possibly, um, and I'm gonna take this scripture and break it down, and I've got some things there with a couple words you can fill in if you, if you like. First of all, make sure that you are operating in this obedient, in the, the obedient and the purposeful will of God. Make sure that you're operating in the obedient and purposeful will of God. I'm asked a lot, particularly from college students, youth, but especially college students. And then honestly, I kind of have this little thing. I ask people when I meet them and I hadn't seen them in a long time and they're maybe in their 30s. Uh, and, and I say, what are you gonna be when you grow up? Some folks grow up quick. Some people never grow up. And I get this all the time. What's the will of God for my life? How do I know the will of God? Well, I think first of all with that is make sure that you are who you are and you're doing what God created you to do. God created every one of you with a certain personality. My aunt that just passed away was a sanguine personality. She was directionally challenged. She actually drove to see my aunt in Dallas and missed Dallas. That's, I, I said at the service, OnStar was invented for her. But let me tell you, she also went to eat at Ponchatoula's restaurant over in uh, Ruston, and OnStar got her there, but she didn't know she wasn't in Ponchatoula's until she got the ticket and it was a sundowner tavern, which was next door. <laughs> but let me tell you, she was, Glenda was always dressed to a T, cute as could be, you know, dressed nice, loved to entertain, loved people. You know, that's who God made her to be. And each of us needs to be who God made them to be. 
Dana and I have done sessions with pastors all the way to, man, I've done it with psychologists and all this on your personality. God created you to have one major personality or maybe a combination of two, you know. But, but a lot of times we end up trying to be something we're not and we mask it and we're really not who God created us to be. We see in the text Joshua, he says, go back to the book, study it, make sure you're aware of the law, but also let it become in your mind, hide it in your heart, in your mind. So you read the word of God, but then it has to become in you. Do you follow what I'm saying? It's one thing to read a book and it be history. It's another thing to read the book and let it become you. Let it become a part of you. Let it apply to your life so that you say, God, let this not just be condemnation, not just be instruction, but let it be something that speaks to my heart and be real. And I think it was so important to, to poor Joseph, I mean, you know, Joshua, because of the fact Moses was a superstar and he was just his assistant. In fact, he was one of 12, as you know, that went across. He's just the assistant. And God's saying, it's your time. But you need your own will, your own way. You need to know. You need to be obedient and purposeful in your life. You know, are we doing what God asks us to do? If God asks us to do something, I'm telling you, I've learned the hard way. Man, I've been a, I'm a pastor and I've been a leader my whole life, I've been in ministry, all those things. I don't always do what God told me to do. In fact, the last time he told me, that, let's see, it'd be the third time I was senior pastor at North Crossing's church, um, you know, I didn't want to be the senior pastor. I love those people, don't get me wrong, it's like family, I love them, but there were some folks there that's kind of a problem. I'm just being honest, and I shared with a couple people my testimony, and then, you know, I, I'm, I'm being honest, I didn't want to, but I'm gonna tell you, you're never gonna have joy and peace unless you're in the will of God and you surrender to it. And when you do, and God will do some things to draw you that way to make it clear, but when you do, I am so glad he did, or I never would have made it these last 15, 16 years. Because, man, when you're called and you know where you're doing, you can handle the stuff that comes along. Does that make sense? Because you're on a mission. You're on a purpose. It was not Joshua's idea to lead the Israelis. I don't think there's a human with any intelligence that would have wanted to lead these people if he'd watched how they followed superstar leader Moses. I mean, we're talking manna and, you know, coming in, that wasn't good enough. I mean, meat, we're running out of water, big deal, bang, water pouring out of rocks. I mean, not to mention crossing the dead, you know, the Red Sea and I mean, everything, just God blessing and doing all this stuff. And you're watching all that and you're going, I'm gonna lead these three million people? You've got to be kidding. I'll be honest, I would have probably said, no, God, let's do a fleece. <laughs> we're gonna do about three or four of them. I'm just being honest. It was not Joshua's idea. I, and I bet you you are this way, tend to want God to bless what I'm doing. I want to repeat that. I tend to want God, and you do too, bless what I'm doing rather than say, Lord, help me do what you're blessing. Do you see the difference? I'm doing this, this is what I feel I ought to do, you bless it. Versus praying, God, what do you want me to do? Because let me tell you, if you ever do what God wants you to do, and it's from him, you don't have to worry about it not being blessed, right? It's automatically blessed. If God calls you to do something, he will bless it. Now, do you have times that are tough and struggles? Absolutely, ask Elijah. Man, he just whooped all the prophets of Baal, 450 of them gone, altar smoked by photon torpedoes from heaven. I mean, it's gone, right? And then a woman gets after him, and she wasn't just your average woman. You don't name your kid Jezebel, you know, and you sure don't name your kid any of those crazy names, you know, but this, this wicked queen, and he's running, and he's literally, I think it said he ran 40 miles or something. You know, he's getting away, and then he's under a tree. I'm the only one. And then God comes to him, loves on him, touches him, feeds him. Man, it's a perfect illustration of how to fight somebody in depression. Just loves, comforts, and all. And he said, and by the way, I've got 
hundreds that have not bowed to Baal. You're not alone. And by the way, how many of you know one person by themselves fully with God behind them is pretty much invincible? Would you rather have 10,000 Hittites behind you or 300 Jewish people chosen by God with Gideon leading? You know what I'm saying? If God's on your side, who's against, who, could, who could stand against you? So when we're doing God's will and we're obedient and purposeful, there's courage that comes in that security of being in God's will. That's what I'm trying to say. So, 1 Peter 4.19. So, if you're suffering according to God's will, you know, you're in His will, but it's not going good, keep on doing what's right. But I don't like it. Keep on doing what's right. I know it's right, but I don't like it. I grow up. I've done the same thing. I don't like it either. Man, this past week, guys, I'm being honest with you, in the last week or so, I've put so many hours in messages and funerals and it was, y'all don't know me, but I'm an outside person. And it was drop dead gorgeous this week, you know? And I'm in there writing sermons, you know? Oh, Lord, I need to spray Roundup on my yard, you know? <laughs> There's two, two weeds out there. You know, I'm just saying, it's hard. But when you're doing God's will and you know it, notice what it says, keep on doing what's right and trust yourself to God who made you. For here's the cool part. He will never fail you. Never. I want you to claim that. God will never fail me. Say that. God will never fail me. I promise you, He won't. You may get Satan giving you some weird thoughts about it that He is, but God will never fail you. You will fail God, promise you, you will. I have, for all have sinned, fall short of the glory, all that. Yes, we will, but he will never fail you. He is good. He is good. Second scripture, 1 John 5, 14. And we can be confident that he will listen to us whenever we ask him for anything that's in line with his will. So that's why we pray. You'll hear people all the time, Lord, if it be your will. Sometimes I've gotten in trouble that way. Somebody's asking me to pray for healing or pray for to resurrect somebody from the dead or they're literally dying, you know, and there, you know, a couple times I've had people get a little upset I hadn't prayed, you know, raise them up. And many times I do, you know, sometimes. But let me just say this. I have no problem asking that, but I want God's will because God knows what needs to happen. I, I, oh, I, I think anybody with wisdom knows you want God's will. It's okay to ask for what you want, and you should. Remember the wicked judge. Remember we talked about that. The wicked judge and the sweet woman knocking at the door asking for justice. You keep asking, and sometimes it'll move. So even if a wicked judge will give her, God who loves us might give us. But we want God's will. How many of you ever gotten what you want and found out later it wasn't that good? In fact, a lot of you don't know it, but Garth Brooks is a theologian. He's got a song, Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. And I've used this many, many times. Dana's sick of hearing it probably, but you know, one of my first girlfriends, Puppy Love, you know, I was like, oh Lord, she's drop dead gorgeous. She's the one, let her be the one. 10 years later, thank you, Jesus, you did not answer that prayer. Thank you, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for unanswered prayers. Kind of got personal, didn't it? And look, it, it happened to superstar Moses. Moses, you know, he, he, he saw the burning bush and he messed up and killed a man that wasn't God's will and all that. And God wanted him to go back to Pharaoh. You know the story and all that. And he said, what am I going to tell him? So tell him, let my people go. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And what do I say? What do I say? He says, you tell him I am sent you. In other words, you really are going as my messenger, but I'm handling everything. And boy, he handled everything. He handled everything. He handled everything. So, am I who I'm supposed to be? Am I genuine? Am, 
Am I not following some mold? And everybody does it. Preachers do it. Don't get me wrong. We go to conferences. We listen to things, and that's great, and we might learn something. But it's got to be you who God called you to be. Secondly, am I doing what God called me to do? And if you do, that will give you power and help you be courageous. Number two, have faith that God will put his power to work in you so his purposes will be accomplished through you. Have faith that God will put his power to work in you so that his purposes will be accomplished through you. I told you earlier, Joshua was one of 12 spies. They went over there, and I've seen where they are, where, where Jericho, in fact, we'll, we'll show you that next week. And it's built up, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Masada, it's pretty, pretty tough. They've seen the fortified cities, they saw the huge armies and how everything was blessed over there. And 83% of them said, no, we can't do it and we're not going. Two said, yes, this is awesome. Let's, man, it's ours. Joshua, of course, was one of them. But Joshua knew he could not do it. Joshua knew he wasn't really an experienced leader and he was probably insecure under superstar here. And Joshua knew his army was not strong enough to win, but God was not asking Joshua to do it. And that's sometimes where we're at. I can't do this. I can't teach Sunday school. I can't come to Wednesday night every night. I can't come to Sunday morning. I just can't get these kids ready. I just can't make the, all the soccer teams and all the, I just can't do it. That's right. Look at it, pray about it, set priorities and realize you don't need to do it. God needs to be the one telling you what to do and him doing it. You just do what you can and be faithful and let God do it. And that's exactly what Joshua did. God was not asking Joshua to do it. God was asking Joshua to be a vessel that I can work through to do it. You be faithful, I'll do the work. Pretty cool, pretty cool. God wants to do that in my life and your life. And I think he's doing it right before our eyes. I, I read this that a first grade teacher, and many of you are teachers, you'll love this, and moms will like it too. And they were all in a circle, circle. They were all in a circle. And they asked the first graders, what do you want to do when you grow up? That question I asked 30 year olds and 40 year olds and some 50 year olds. One girl said, I want to be a nurse just like who? Mommy, absolutely. Oh. One boy says, I want to be a banker like dad. Okay. And then one boy particularly kind of blurted out crazily says, I'm going to be a lion tamer. And the whole class, you know, their eyes went crazy and all that and the classroom's in shock. I'm going to crack the whip. I'm going to make that lion do what I tell him to do. I'm going to make him jump up on the stool. I'm going to make him jump through the hoops of fire, those lines will follow my every command. And as he looked around, all the kids were in shock. Their eyes were like this. They were all scared. The teacher didn't know what to say. And he kind of came to his senses. He was bold. He had power. He had authority till he saw everybody was saying he's crazy, right? And he said, of course my mother will be there with me. How many of you know you can do anything if your mama's with you? Well, here's what I want to tell you. If you're doing God's will, God's with you. You know, and I love my mom and she was a saint, but I'll tell you what, I want God with me. She's still with me, you know, we're, we're there, but, but I'm saying I want God with me. So, when you follow God's calling, God's promise to be with you. Notice Ephesians verse 19, 20. I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us. His power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead. Christ from the dead seated him at the right hand of God in heavenly realms. It's the same power. Did you know the resurrection power is available to us? 
when we're in his will and he asks us to do something we can't do, that power is available to us. I mean, write this down, cut it out of your, your sermon and put it in your Bible, tape it on your forehead, put it in your billfold, put it in your purse, whatever. God's power is available to you. That's, that's amazing. Thirdly, gain courage for what is ahead of you. Oh my goodness, I'm facing something ahead of me. I don't know about that. By reflecting on what God has done behind you. Now, there was a, let me say it one more time. Gain courage for what is ahead of you by reflecting on what God has done behind you. There was a movie years ago, it's an old, old movie, and probably no one here has seen it, but I don't remember what it was, but it's like Race Across America. And there's a famous line in there where this Italian racer has his car, and there's whoever gets to the you know, West Coast first, and he, he takes his rearview mirror and takes it and throws it away. He says, what's that behind me? Not important. You know, he's just going to the go. Well, that's kind of admirable and cool and all that. But here's what I want you to see. Let's read this scripture here in Psalm 66 and see what God says that we're, we're to do. Don't live in the past, okay, but look at what we're supposed to do. Come and see what our God has done. Look, past is okay. Look back and see, learn from it, grow from it, be encouraged by it. What awesome miracles he does for his people. He made a dry path through the Red Sea and his people went across on foot. Then secondly, come let us rejoice in who he is. That's now, who he is now. And that's what we do every Sunday when we have a date with God and we worship him and we praise him and all that. By the way, my goodness, uh, the goodness of God Woo, Rachel, woo, knocked it out. What a beautiful voice. That was great. Thirdly, for by his great power there, he rules forever. That's the future. So we see all these tenses. And in verse 5 of our text, it says, No one will be able to stand their ground against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. So God was telling Joshua what he's been going through and what he's seen Moses do, you know, plagues. Red, uh, Red Sea, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments, the food, the water, all these miracles, people uh, having a resurrection, an insurrection against him and the earth opening up and all of them went down. I mean, all these things. He said, look back at that and don't think I'm not going to be with you. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, you look back at those and you can go, well, I don't need to stand up against what I know God wants me to do or I might get a hole opened, you know. I don't need to, but, but you can also look at it like, look, God really protected and got, us, and got us here to go into the holy land that he promised and you can look back at what he's done. So there's a huge principle in life and I probably should have given this to Nick to put down. I really should have. And this is it. If you want to write it down, you can if you ever forget what God has done, if you ever forget what God has done, you will fail to believe what God will do. If you ever forget what God has done, you will fail to believe what God can do. Hold on to what God has done. Is there anybody here that can honestly stand up and say, I have never seen a miracle in my life? I hope to goodness you can't. I hope there's no one here to say, I've never experienced a miracle. I've experienced miracles. Here's what's crazy about us. When we're in the midst of drama, relationship drama, work drama, drama drama, kid drama, we tend to not remember what God has done. You know what I mean? We, we're, not, we're not testifying about the miracles at that point. You follow what I'm saying? That's just human nature. That's how we are. Guys, I'm so blessed to be raised in a family. I told some of y'all that I'm close with, you know, I should have turned out better than I did. My goodness gracious, I had a wonderful upbringing, you know. My grandpa and grandma believed in healing. They were great people of faith. I just last Saturday week, a week ago from yesterday, dropped off something in Caldwell Parish to a seamstress and, uh, we, we couldn't connect, so I, I have some land in Caldwell in the camp, and I was uh, driving to meet her, and she gave me the address, and I put it in there, 
And when I turned off and pulled up, it brought me back to when I was a kid, maybe 10 or 11 years old. My grandfather, Mike Owens, drove me and we were squirrel hunting and driving around. He took me to Fellowship Church Cemetery where my great papaw, the pioneer pastor, R.H. Fighting Bob Owens, who started 52 churches, where he's buried at Fellowship Church. And then he turned around and drove me to his house where he was. And believe it or not, this lady that I pulled up to is living in the house, the house place that's been rebuilt where my great-grandfather passed away. Now, when I tell you that story, it's funny how that just came to me. I was told as I preached around as a young preacher and by other people and, of course, my grandfather, that there was no doctor in Caldwell Parish, that malaria was very rampant. Y'all knew that until screen, uh, screen came in. And that family after family would bring in their kids all sick as a dog with yellow I mean, fever, just, just sick as a bee, pull in, they would take her in, and my great-grandpa would be bedridden, dying, pray for him, they would be instantly healed, get in the buckboard and sing, riding off. I've been told that tons of times. Tons of times. Okay? And I'm there at the place. It's a pretty cool moment. Do you think God didn't want me to remember that? Why did God want me to remember that? Because whatever I face, I need to remember what God has done and have more faith when I pray, right? Be proud of my heritage. Not in a pride human way, but I mean, and you too. I pray today God today would bring back stories of miracles. You know, Brother Jerry shared one Wednesday night right here. Actually, two or three to be honest. What are your stories these stories need to be told and retold for the present generation. Don't stop telling the stories. You're guilty if you don't tell the stories. And I don't care if it's a Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, and they go, oh, Papa, don't tell it again, or Mama, quit telling it. There will come a time where that child is an adult and they will have cherished that moment and they need to remember that moment. Mothers, are you telling the stories? I'm asking you, are you telling the stories? What stories are you telling? Oh, on Facebook, I got 10 likes. Hey, I hope, and you say, well, I just don't have any pastor, right? You know what? You can read, there's inspirational stories and in Reader's Digest, get on the internet and read them, and you can even fact check them if you want to. You know, snoop it and dupe it and triple check it and all that stuff if you want to. Call me up. I've got a box this big of illustrations, verified, certified. Call somebody else in the church because here's why your children need to hear inspirational stories. Because they, if heaven forbid they watch media, is there anything inspirational in the media? Hardly anything. It's negative. It's terrible. And on TV, even the great movies have these depressive end, endings. I mean, I want John Wayne to come out the end and take care of it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, we can't have heroes. It's all part of satanic agenda. I'm just telling you the world is so negative, we need to share the good stories, the inspirational stories. And I'll tell you what. You say, well, I don't know what to read. You can pull out your Bible and be selective or get a children's version or an NLT, and you can read some cool stories in there that any kid would go, Papa, is that really real? One of the greatest moments of my life, and I guess I'm glad he isn't in here, was when I was reading to Liam the story of David, and it was all this awesome stuff, and then it got to the Bathsheba part. And I was like, oh, my Lord, how am I going to do this? And I kind of read through it and tried to do it halfway decent. And at the end, Liam turned to me, and I'm going to try to say this without crying. And he said, Papa, I hope I never disappoint God like that. You don't think he'll remember that? I know I remember it. Fourth, 
Remember when God is with you, you are never ever alone when God is with you and you're never ever outnumbered. Never, can't be. We've kind of already talked about this before, but you're not alone and you're never outnumbered. Simple concept. Three times God says to, three times. By the way, that's a big deal in the Bible. There's about 20 times that three times happens. But be strong, be courageous. I command you to be strong, be courageous. And what does it say? For the Lord your God's with you wherever you go. That's comforting. But look at the scripture I've added from Paul in Romans 8, 35. Can anything ever separate us from God's love? Let me stop right there. I don't. I pray you don't ever fail, but if you fail terribly, a slow fade, a boom fade, however it is, and you fail and you feel zero and you're no good and life didn't turn out, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you've done, you cannot separate yourself from the love of God. Impossible. Word of God right there. You cannot separate yourself. God's love is beyond anything we can imagine. It's so powerful, so great. Now, does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry, cold, danger, threatened with death? In other words, we live in a fallen world on this side and there's gonna be tough times. In fact, when you're our age, it's a tough time every day. When I step down, it's oh, 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 oh stretchy. What you see is after hours of stretching and five ibuprofen <laughs> and two Mountain Dew. <laughs> Carvin, that's the success to a dynamic sermon. sermon. Mountain Dew, no. <laughs> all right, let's go back to the Word of God. All right, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. He says it again. Death can't. Life can't. The angels can't. Even the angels can't. And I love this one. The demons can't. Nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Dean of demons cannot separate us from God's love. They can make your life miserable. Our fears today, our anxieties or worries about tomorrow, even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean in the pits, nothing in all creation can ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's revealed to us in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I have at the bottom of your outline, courage involves having confidence in the fact God stands beside you regardless of what stands before you. So whatever we face, and look, it's okay to be honest. I don't know your personality. You might be a quiet person. You might be a talker. Sometimes I go, really God? You got to be kidding me. You know? But God's with me, he's behind me, and we go through it. I gotta tell you this story, it's, it's phenomenal. As we kind of wind it down, and in a minute we're gonna sing, I think, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, right? You need to be leaning on the everlasting arms. Back in 1300, there's nobody here that was there. Uh, it was a couple years before I was born. Uh, a young Scottish soldier named Robert D. Bruce in Scotland, there was a revolution was going on and Robert was part of a group of Scottish soldiers in a battle and they were overwhelmed by the enemy and um, so retreat was sounded and then after retreat was was they were overrun to the point, not even retreat, it's just run for your lives. It was terrible. So he took off running as fast as he could and he came to, as you do in Scotland, if you understand a rocky ledge, the end of the rope, and the enemy was behind him, not dead tired. So he crawled, he saw a cave right down below. He crawled in the cave, got in the corner, and began to weep. And according to the story, he cried out to God, oh God, Please protect me and deliver, deliver me from my enemies. He raised his face up and he kind of looked at the light coming out through the cave there. It was not a very deep cave. And he saw a spider fall down. And it, it fell right down the middle and it began to weave a web. 
He watched for a while and he yelled out, Lord, I prayed for deliverance and you sent me a spider? A spider will hold me off from my enemies. He didn't know it was Spider-Man. No, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> That's for my grandson. All right. So hours, a couple hours passed away and that spider was rocking and rolling. I mean, he was getting after it. And um, he kept going and then pretty soon he of course heard the soldiers and he was hearing the battle and the tanks. I mean, not the tanks, but the chariots and all the stuff behind him that were going on. It was getting close according to the story. And then finally he heard guys real close. And then one of them came down and they walked and, you know, had their weapon. He said, well, I'll just lunge at them and go off the cliff and, you know, I'm, I'm dead. I'm toast. And he just was shaking. He was there ready. And he said the guy walked up and walked up and said, oh, there's a spider web here. He couldn't be here. And he turned around and walked away. The writer of the story says, when God's with you, a spider web is as a stone wall. Think about that. When God's with you, a spider web can become a stone wall. And if God's not with you, a stone wall is just a spider web. Do you understand what I'm saying? In the end of time, people will call for what? Rocks and mountains to fall on them or to hide behind. Do you think that's going to protect you from that or me from that? No. I want to be on God's will and let the spiders take care of me or whatever God wants to use to take care of me. And I know this because the mountains, the money, the prestige, the power, the things this world seeks is just trash. It's gone. What do you bring into the world, brothers and sisters? Nothing. In fact, it says you come in naked. I don't know. I think some people were born with clothes on, but... You, you, come in, you come in naked and you're going to go out naked and here's the bottom line, you take nothing with you. I've done a few funerals. I've had some in the casket they wanted to put some valuables in there and that's fine. But here's what I'm saying. You, you know, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't go with you. I'd like you to bow your heads, worship team. Close your eyes just for a moment. Reflect on what God is speaking to you. Maybe not even what I shared. Can anyone honestly say, Pastor Ray, I can use some unshakable courage in my life. Pastor Ray, God spoke to my heart this morning. If you feel led to say, I, God, could use some courage, would you raise your hand? No one's looking around. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. For those that raise their hand, I want to say a prayer for you especially and for all of us. Lord, we come to you now, and especially, Lord, on those uh, several that raised their hand, that going through something in their life, that they need courage. They, they need refocus. Lord, they obviously love you and are seeking out to get that in their life right now. And I pray especially for them that you would give them the strength and the courage to know that you are with them all the time. God, I pray you'd impute into their brain, into their cognitive ability, into their soul, into their heart, that you are there all the time and they are worthy. And all their insecurities are nothing. That you are there. And Lord, may they seek you to see if there's a change in their life or something they need to get recentered into your will. But God, may you just give them that assurance that you're with them. And then no matter what's charging them, they know they have you with them. Oh God, I pray for everybody in this room, from those up here, children in the back, anybody in this building, that God, you would give them that assurance that you're with them. Give them godly security. God esteem in their life. I rebuke Satan in this world that just tears people down. God, I pray that you would give them God esteem in all the decisions that they make. They know you're never alone. You're with them. May we, Father, seek you. And Lord, I ask for forgiveness the times that we and I have not sought you first. God, may you become so close to us that we really don't have to ask you almost. It's like you're there and we have to ask you first anyway because you're in us. 
You're just one of us, Lord. Let us flow like that and be like that, I pray. God, we need you. We need to depend on you. We need to lean on you. I pray your blessings on every person here, and especially these mothers. Lord, may they leave encouraged. There's hope in you, and all God's people said. Thank you, worship. Please stand and sing Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. What a joy be by leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine. service is done we don't have any circles um but before you do leave and before i dis dismiss or after i dismiss in prayer y'all kind of stay tight all the mothers um i need to go get the the roses for y'all so don't leave out of here without any of them um because i think they're they're kind of pretty so hope y'all have a a great day and a great week dear lord i thank you for everyone here and thank you for the mothers again and I just ask you to be with us throughout this week. Help us be a shining light for you um, in the dark world that we'll, we'll go out to, Lord. Um, I just ask you to be with each of us. Uh, if we're sick, Lord, I ask you to bring, bring healing, Lord, according to your will. Um, and just bless us throughout this week. We love you, Lord. Amen.